The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. You have to believe before you can have faith. Now, that's why the Bible says that if you are coming to God, you have to believe that God exists. If you don't believe it, when you come to him, you won't receive anything. Are you ready for the word? Well, for those of you who have not been to healing school before, and this is your first time, uh, our healing school is focused on the word. We teach nothing else but the word. And we believe that there is healing in the word. And so as you hear the word, I want you to release your faith because God will be touching you at the point of your need in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Okay. Turn with me please in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 9. The book of John chapter 9 from verse 35 to 38. The book of John for your information is in the New Testament. John chapter 9 from verse 35 to 38. I read. The Bible says that in Jesus, now let me give you a brief background of this scripture. Now John chapter 9 talks about the blind man that Jesus healed. How many of you remember the man who was born blind from, from child? And Jesus, uh, the Bible says, that made clay and anointed his eyes and he was healed. And he went testifying in the temple and the Pharisees said, it is not true. As a matter of fact, they could not recognize him that he was the same person who was born blind. And so he had to now go and testify that I am the one who was born blind. And then they started calling Jesus and saying Jesus uh, is, is healing with evil spirit. He is not of God and so on and so forth. And the man who was healed said one thing I know I was once blind, but now I can see. I, I, I hope you, you know that story. So now at this point, the man was testifying before the Pharisees in the temple. And because they didn't want to accept his, his testimony, what they did was they threw him out. They threw him out of the temple and they said, we are disciples of Moses. And they said, you are disciples of Jesus. But isn't it interesting that that's the only place in scripture you hear the Pharisees saying that we are disciples of Moses. And yet they don't really understand what it means to be a disciple of Moses. So they threw this man out of the tabernacle and then Jesus went looking for him. So that's a brief background. And so turn with me to from verse 35. John chapter 9 from verse 35. I read the Bible says that Jesus heard 
that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Do thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he? Now isn't it interesting that Jesus has healed this man, but this man is still not sure who Jesus is. So he said, Who is he? Notice, it said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? The key word there is believe on him. Verse 37, the Bible says, that, And Jesus said unto him, Thou have both seen him, and it is he that talked with thee. Verse 38, key verse, And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I want to teach for the first session on what I have titled Believe Until Your Faith is Solid. Believe Until Your Faith is Solid. Christianity is founded on what we believe in as Christians. As Christians, we have to understand the importance of belief. What does it mean to believe? To believe means to trust God wholeheartedly. To believe means to trust God wholeheartedly. And it's important for us to come to a point where we believe God not with 90% of our heart, but 100% of our heart. And so if you are going to experience any form of healing, your belief is important because what you have to understand is that believing is the foundation of our Christian faith. That's why we are called believers. So belief is a very key fundamental principle for us as children of God. And so we have to understand how to believe until our faith is solid. Why? Because without faith, we cannot receive anything from God. It takes faith to receive from God. Without faith, we cannot receive anything from God. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, the Bible says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then he went forth to say that, whosoever comes to God must believe. Key word there again, believe. Must believe. You see the key word? Must believe that God is. So when you are coming to God, you come to God with an expectation, believing that God exists. And not only that he exists, that he is also a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when we come to God with expectation, our belief system must be there. Our belief system must be there. 
Are you following what I'm saying? It's very important. So, belief is very important. Belief is very important. If you don't believe, your faith will not work. Let me say this. The twin sister of faith is belief. Did you get that? Of the twin brother of faith is what? Belief. You have to believe before you can have faith. Now, that's why the Bible says that if you are coming to God, you have to believe that God exists. If you don't believe it, when you come to him, you won't receive anything. Excuse my language. The Bible says in in Proverbs chapter 14 verse 1 we don't have to go there it says the fool has said in his heart there is no God <coughs> so that means the fool does not believe that God exists but as a child of God the Bible says that you must come believing <coughs> did you get it you must come believing now turn with me uh, in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 10 from verse 8 to 10. The book of Romans chapter 10 from verse 8 to 10. We are laying the foundation in our first session so that your faith can be solid because healings are going to take place today. Romans chapter 10 from verse 8 to 10. I read, it says, By what saith it, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is a word of faith which we preach. Amen. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart. Now let me say this. You cannot confess Jesus as Lord if you don't believe in your heart. <laughs> You cannot confess him as Lord if you don't believe in your heart. Before you can confess him as Lord, you have to first believe where? In your heart. You have to believe in your heart. You have to believe in your heart that God raised him up from the dead. Now, you and I were not there when God raised him up from the dead. Remember? But thank God for one person who helped our faith. His name is Thomas. Remember when Jesus resurrected from the dead and he appeared to the disciples and Thomas was not there. And they told, G they told him later that Jesus, Jesus is resurrected. Thomas said, no, I, I will not believe it. I cannot believe it. 
until I see the nail piercing in his hands, I cannot believe that he is resurrected. Now, I love Thomas. Thank God for Thomas because without Thomas, our faith is invalid. Now, what did Jesus tell Thomas? Thomas said, after Jesus showed up and, and showed Thomas the nails in his hand and he touched it, Thomas made this confession. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, because you have seen, now you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Oh, the word is so sweet. The word of God is so powerful. So, my belief system is not based on, on a vacuum. Are you following me? Now, because Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So, now, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, it says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God raised him up from the dead, you shall be saved. That's the foundation for us, our, our faith right there. Are you following what I'm saying? That's the foundation for our faith. He said, if you shall believe in your heart, if you shall believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, this principle applies to every area of our life. Be it healing, if you are believing God for physical healing, this is the principle. This is the foundation. This is the foundational truth. Because guess what? The greatest miracle is salvation. There's no miracle that is greater than salvation. How many of you know that? Jesus did not die on the cross for our healings. Jesus did not die on the cross for our miracles. Uh, for our healings, it was by his stripes. The stripes at his back. He didn't die for healing. I want you to get this. This is very important. Jesus only died for our salvation. So that means salvation is greater than any other healing or miracle. Are you following me? So this is the foundation. So if you got saved through this procedure then that means there is no healing or miracle you are believing God for that you cannot receive through the same process. And what is the process? Notice, number one, you have to confess with your mouth. But you cannot confess with your mouth until you believe in your heart. Can you see the equation? Number one, you have to confess with your Mouth. Number two, you have to believe in your heart. But you cannot confess with your mouth, number one, until you believe in your heart. Amen. 
If you don't believe in your heart, whatsoever you confess will not materialize. Anything that does not come from your heart is not genuine. That's why the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, it says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of your heart flows the issues of life. So we guard our heart with all diligence. And the bank for your faith, the bank where you deposit your faith is your heart. So Romans chapter 10 verse 10 It says, for with the heart, man believeth. (laughs) For with the heart, man believeth. Not with the mind, not with the mouth, not with the tongue, but with the heart. With the heart. With the heart. With the heart. Man believeth with the heart. So once your heart is set to believe God for unusual healing, nothing can stop you. Nothing. Once your heart is set, this is why we are starting with believe. Because if your belief system is wrong, everything you receive will be wrong. Very important. So, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, can you see the reverse? In verse 9, it says you confess, and then you believe. But in verse 10, it says you believe, and then you confess. So, verse 9 is introducing us to a very important principle, how faith operates. That you need your heart to be right. You see, once your heart is right, there is nothing you confess that you will not have access to. Once your heart is set, Once your heart is right, there is nothing you believe God for that you will not or you cannot receive. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now let's go and look at a key foundational uh, truth of how uh, this principle works. Principle of believing until your faith is solid. Mark chapter 9 from verse 23. We want to look at a case studies. Mark chapter 9 from verse 23 to 29.
Are you, are, you, are you getting this? Are you following where we are going? Are you following where we are going? Mark chapter 9 from verse 23 to 29. I read. The Bible says that, And Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, how many things? How many things? Why didn't Jesus say, if you can have faith? Jesus said, if you can believe. You know, there are a lot of unbelieving believers in the church. <laughs> they say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe all things are possible. Lord, I believe. They'll sing the song one minute, and when it's time for their healing, they say, oh God, I don't think this is going to go. There are a lot of unbelieving believers in the church. That's why Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? You see, Christianity is not based on what you just say out of your mouth and say, I believe, I believe. Are you following what I'm saying? Christianity is not just I believe, I believe. Your heart, your heart has to be involved. Your heart has to be involved. So Jesus asked, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Two beliefs. Jesus said, if you can believe, it's a clause. He will not force it on you. If you can believe, he said, how many things are possible? All things. That means your belief has the power to destroy every mountain. If you can believe. Now if you believe that you've come to healing school today and you are believing God for healing you don't need no one to touch you. You will be healed. Because healing is in the word. He sent his word and he healed them of all their infirmities and their diseases. So the healing is in the word. Not in the touching, I'll show you shortly. Not in the touching, it's in the word. You have to believe the word. Now who is the word? Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So God himself is the word. So every time you read the word, every time you hear the word of God, even through 
even through the tone of another man or woman, that should just tell you that this is God speaking. That's God's word. So Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Verse 24. And straight away the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. So can you see his dilemma? He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And there are many people in the church like that. There are many Christians like that. They say, Lord, I believe. But God, can you really, can you really heal this? God, I've been with this since I was born. The doctor, the expert said, it cannot be cured. It's an incurable. Thank God he is a man. Jesus is the last one. No one is referred after you come to an encounter with Jesus to another physician. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. My prayer for you today is that God will help your unbelief. Verse 25, and Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter him no more. What did Jesus used to do all of this? The word. And the spirit cried and rent him so and came out of him. And he was once as one that was dead inasmuch as they said he is dead. Verse 27, Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And verse 28, and when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? Very interesting question. Why could we not cast him out? These are the disciples of Jesus. Why could we not cast him out? And look at Jesus' answer. Jesus said, This kind cometh not out by nothing, but by what? By prayer and fasting. Someone said, Oh, the days of prayer and fasting is over. It ceased. Who said that? The Bible says that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall never cease. Now let's go a little deeper and dig and see how we need to believe until our faith is solid. Matthew chapter 9 verse 27 to 31 is the same is the same story but Matthew tells it in a different uh, dimension which I really want us to focus on. Matthew chapter 9 from verse 27 to 31. No, sorry, this is a different one. This story has to do about the two blind men. Sorry. I read, the Bible says that, and when Jesus was departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying, saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. I want you to underline that word, have mercy on us. What is mercy? What is mercy? 
Mercy can be defined as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or to harm. Mercy can be defined as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or to harm. So that means when these two blind men ask Jesus to have mercy on them, they approach Jesus not on the basis of their qualification. They are saying to Jesus, Jesus, we might not be qualified, but just have mercy on us. And for your information, mercy is the highest form of prayer. Mercy is the highest form of prayer. Because God is a God of mercy. The Bible says that we should come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy in the time of need. So every time you have a need and you come boldly to this throne, what do you obtain? Mercy. Are you getting this? Mercy is unmerited. If you come to God on the basis of mercy, he will give you, not because of your, your holiness, your righteousness, your prayer, your fasting, and so on and so forth. Are you following me? But I want to teach you something very important here. Because this is where many Christians give up. They say, oh, I believe in the mercy of God. And they don't see anything happening. And they just say, well, if God wants to heal me, he will heal me. Yeah, that's true. But sometimes, God would deliberately redraw his mercy to see if you'll engage your belief. So there's a son of David appealing to his kingship. Have mercy on us. A king has the power to, to show mercy to whomsoever he desires. That's why there's something when a new president or a new prime minister comes into power, there is something called amnesty. They decide to uh, grant maybe some criminals freedom based on his mercy. And no one can question him because it's an amnesty. It's based on his authority. Verse 28, the Bible says that, and when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, believe ye that I'm able to do this? Oh, I love this. So this blind man came to Jesus and Jesus asked them a question. Do you believe that I can heal you? I've always said in this church, Never come to God without an expectation. Because expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. You always come with high expectation. So Jesus asked them, do you believe? Do 
you believe? Yes, you are following me. Yes, you are blind. Yes, you want me to heal you. You want me to cure your blindness. But do you really believe? Where is your belief? Jesus said, do you believe? Believe ye that I am able to do this. Because sometimes we come to God believing him to heal us. But at the back of our mind, we think this is impossible. God cannot do this. So Jesus is asking you the same question now. Yes, you've come to healing school, but do you believe that Jesus can heal you? There's a testimony on Thursday of one of our members whose family was exempted from accident. And she's in this church, she, she always hears me that none of our family members will die through an accident. She believed it. And she engaged it. And she had activated that covenant over her family. And just that week gone, three people died. And they were all together. There were four of them. They said, let's go. The one person said, who is her family member? He said, no, I'm not going. Mm. The three just left and they died in an accident on the spot. Mm. Because she believed mm. that this covenant does not only apply to me, but it applies to everyone in my family. I told you the story of one of our members uh, many years ago um, who had some challenges with immigration and I came to church that day and I preached powerfully on moving forward and I was teaching from Exodus chapter 14 verse 14 from verse 12 to 14 that God says to uh, Moses to tell the children of Israel be still and know that I am God and when they came to the Red Sea, Pharaoh was coming behind them, but God said to them, go forward. There was a Red Sea. There was nowhere to go. The enemy was behind them. If they go forward, they are going to get drowned. But when they believe God and they step forward, the sea parted into two and they walked on dry ground. After I preached that message, I went out. And then she said, oh, pastor, but my Red Sea is the immigration issue. I said, but you've just heard the message. Why don't you apply the message? And thank God today, she is, uh, a, 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 I think, a British citizen or she has a naturalization. It happens through belief. Never come to God with a question mark or with doubt. There is nothing impossible for God. When my wife and I got married, when I was the day I proposed to her, um, I remember that day in the Cafe Rouge um, in Tower Bridge. I knelt down and I said, will you marry me? And instead of saying yes, she said, do you know I might not be able to give you children? 
I said, why? Because she said, her, is it the right or the left? The right ovary was removed through operation. Just there, whilst I was kneeling down, proposing, I said, in the name of Jesus, we are healed. And we believe God. All through when we got married, uh, I think our first baby came immediately after our honeymoon. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Somewhere, yeah. (laughs) Looks like Samuel is missing his wife. He's shouting a big amen so his wife can come quick. Yeah, she became pregnant. And then in her first trimester, she had this issue with her eye. And we went, they have to do a surgery. And then the consultant told us that um, it's not possible the baby can stand because of the type of surgery they're going to do. And they said, it's either you lose your eye or you lose the baby. And I said, in this family, we don't lose anything. We don't lose anything. And there, God gave us the name of the child, right there, three months, first trimester. We believe God, they did the operation. They said it's going to last for four hours. She was on NGA for four hours, but it took five to six hours. That day, I, uh, I'm telling you, it's not easy. First child, first baby, newly, newly married couple. Our faith was tested. Our faith was tested. And God gave us a first child, a second child, the third child. All these years, we thought there was only one ovary. Then she went to the doctor and they examined her. They examined her. And guess what? They said there are two ovaries. And yet one was removed. One was taken off. And they said there are two ovaries. She said no. The doctor showed her on the, on the, on the screen. There are two. The right one is there. The left one is there. What happened? God supernaturally gave her a new ovary. So all these years we thought there was no ovary, but supernaturally there was an ovary. So what, what am I saying? I said all this to say this, that you have to learn to believe God. Now, who made us? God made us. If God made your whole body, your entire human being, what is a heart? What is a hole in a heart? What is cancer? What is migraine? What is liver malfunction? Before this great God. I want you to get this. You see, the God that we serve, he is a God of all flesh and there is nothing too difficult for him. 
So Jesus asked this man, do you believe? Do you believe? Believe you that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, yea, Lord, we believe. See Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because whosoever comes to God must believe that God is, and not only that, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. As I'm speaking now, healing is taking place. Not only for you, but for your families across the world. It's happening for your children, for your grandchildren, for your great-grandchildren, for your husbands, for your wives. Healing is taking place right now. Because the God who heals is in our midst. He is healing you. There is nothing he cannot do in the name of Jesus. Verse 29 of Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says, that Then touch he their eyes. Now notice this. Now they said we believe. That was the first stage their blindness should have gone. But look at the next thing Jesus did. The Bible says that then Jesus touched he their eyes saying according to your faith be it unto you. Remember from the beginning I said believe and faith are twins. Wherever you see believe you see faith. That's why I'm saying that you have to believe until your faith is solid. Yes, if your faith is not there yet, don't worry. Just keep believing. Just keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep going into the word. Keep hearing the word. Keep confessing the word. It's just a matter of time. Your faith will be built up. Then touch ye their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Verse 30, the Bible says that then their eyes were open and Jesus straightly charged them saying, see that no man know it. Verse 31, but they when they were departed spread about his fame in all that country. Amen. Now a few things I want you to notice in application of this. Number one, about these two blind men they placed a demand on the mercy of God. Yet the mercy of God did nothing for them. They're all merciful God. Sometimes God just, how many of you have children? You've bought something for your children and they'll ask you once. You've had them, but you don't give it to them immediately. You want them to ask again, and they will ask again, and then you'll give it to them. Yes, what are you teaching them? Teaching them patience. You see, if everything we ask God, he gives it to us just like that, none of us will serve him. Number two, they believed. Number one, they placed demand on the mercy of God. Number two, they believed. Number three, Jesus touched them. Number four, Jesus spoke the word. Number five, they were healed according to their faith. Question, do you still believe? 
in this healing school, nobody needs to lay hands on you. Did you notice that even when Jesus touched them, nothing happened? Did you notice that? So it's not really the touch. It was their faith. They had to believe to the point where their faith was strong for them to be healed. It was not the touch. It was not the touch. Verse 29, Jesus touched their eyes. Even though he touched their eyes, they were not healed. And he said, according to your faith, according to your faith. So you believe until your faith is strong. You believe until your faith is strong. In the name of Jesus. Did you receive the first session? Let's give Jesus some praise. Why don't we just rise up for a few minutes and just talk to God. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.